This is a 3CR community radio podcast. In Psychedelia is broadcast every Sunday from 2pm. For more info on anything you hear in the show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Good afternoon. Welcome to Encyclopedia on this Sunday afternoon, on this Easter Sunday afternoon. Happy Easter, yesterday, uh, uh, autumn, equinox, um, whatever other celestial or otherwise celebration that you might be having uh, this weekend. Uh, Ash is here with me in the studio. Ash, how are you doing today, this Easter oh, quite weekend? Good. It's It's been nice spending Easter at home and... and- Avoiding all the parties. <laughs> and there have been a number of, uh, well, there are a number of parties on this weekend. We haven't heard any word uh, yet whether or not uh, any of those parties have had uh, serious police operations. We haven't seen the uh, the usual uh, uh, post-party propaganda uh, come out yet from the uh, local come papers. Out Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> we'll wait for that for Tuesday. This is in Psychedelia. We're talking uh, all things drugs at the intersection of drugs and society. Uh, there are a number of issues which we do discuss. Uh, thank you to Freedom of Species, who will be back next week uh, from 1 o'clock on 3CR. You can find their podcast and more information about the show at 3cr.org.au and follow the links to their program page. Plenty coming up on the program today. We will be uh, getting another comedian in uh, because it is Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Um, his name is Mark Oshka. Uh, he is performing in uh, Richmond. He'll actually be performing tonight and I believe they're free performances as well. Um, so if you want some free comedy for your Sunday evening, then there's that. Um, I've also got a track from uh, Clancy Milne coming up, who is also uh, performing. Not comedy, but uh, sort of some quite nice jazz. Uh, and that's at Open Studio in uh, in Northcote a bit later. And uh, oh, we've, we've got a number of events coming up this week as well. There's uh, Bicycle Day, which is the uh, celebration of the uh, discovery of the psychedelic effects of LSD. Uh, the 20th is of a- April of the 4th is 420 or 24 in Australian um, date convention uh, time, but it doesn't really work uh, for the 420 thing. Anyway, that we're going to be talking about that uh, and the upcoming rally um, and some other things going on. There is a big psychedelic conference kicking off in uh, Oakland in California uh, this week, uh, of which two uh, members of the Australian Psychedelic Society are heading along to and are going to be uh, meeting up with um, uh, members from across the globe of uh, psychedelic societies everywhere. Uh, also, right now, uh, 3CR is looking uh, to get some feedback from you. Uh, we want to hear from listeners uh, as part of a short online survey uh, that's going to help help to get to know you a bit better. Uh, the survey is at 3cr.org.au forward slash survey. Um, and you can... If you don't have the internet and you're just listening, then you can get uh, access to the survey uh, by calling the station during business hours. So obviously not today, not Monday, but Tuesday on 94198377. Please do get in touch with us and fill in that survey. The more people uh, that fill it in, the better. Uh, Community radio doesn't do the sort of surveying that big commercial radio stations do where uh, where they're they're fighting for those top ratings every... Uh, three weeks or so. I, I don't know. They do a lot of it. Uh, but community radio, we don't do that sort of thing. We don't have that sort of money to be throwing around and uh, finding out what the uh, what the listeners um, uh, are thinking of the station. So we rely on your feedback, uh, which means we need to hear from you. So please make this a two-way street. 3cr.org.au forward slash survey is the spot. Uh, I think it's about time for some news. news of the week. I don't condone or advocate that everyone should use illicit drugs. I think it's a, 
a huge decision made with the right amount of research and forethought. The intention is to discourage ice use. The actual effect is it encourages the stigmatisation of people who use this drug. The risk there is people are less likely to disclose their use, even when they're experiencing some issues, so they're less likely to access essential health services. The potential for harm increases. People feel hesitant to be open about who they are because they're afraid of judgment from family members or people at work or, or just people in society in general. Many of them have conservative mindsets regardless of their politics uh, and will just say, oh well, then the, the, the government are not looking after us and therefore it seems a law and order issue rather than a, a social problem that needs to be dealt with on, on a Public health Drug news from Melbourne and around the world. There's a news story, an exclusive in fact, by the Herald Sun today, which has got me a bit fired up. Uh, I don't always get angry, even though there's much that you can get angry about in the drug war. But um, Victorian police have announced a crackdown on the nightclub district of Chapel Street, which will involve undercover police. And the part that's got me particularly fired up is the use of sniffer dogs to... Doing a Sydney. (laughs) Well, that was my thought. I mean, that was one of the things that I always kind of considered really good about Victoria Police is seemingly they recognise the the limited effectiveness of actually using sniffer dogs. Um, There's abundant evidence from around the world that they increase harms. We've known this in Australia since a 2006 Ombudsman report um, in Sydney detailed the fact that Uh, A couple of ways that sniffer dogs can increase harms is that people will consume their drugs. If they see the sniffer dogs, they might consume all of their drugs at once. They might take different substances or they might buy them off somebody they don't know. So uh, this is in response to the incident in Chapel Street earlier this year where three people died and several were um, transported to emergency rooms. Um, and it seems that the the response from Vic Police, who let's let's also remember that the Victorian Police did some scans on those drugs and identified the substances involved, and a leaked police memo showed that they didn't release that information to to harm reduction people to the general community so that they could uh, understand what was happening and and potentially reduce their risks. So instead of getting on board with something like pill testing that we know works, uh, they've they've come down with the standard law and order response. Um, I think one of the quotes from the police is quite telling. Uh, Hang on, where are we? Uh, when you see people dying, you think that's enough to warn kids to stay off, but they're still experimenting as much as ever. So let's keep doing the same thing that we've always done and surely that'll fix it. And we do, we are in the midst at the moment in Victoria of uh, undergoing a, um, a drug law reform inquiry. It's be- very wide ranging. It's just finishing uh, finished accepting uh, submissions. Um, I've had a flick through some of the submissions. There's about 120 up on the uh, Parliament website at the moment. The vast majority are positive. Only two negatives that I um, actually spotted. Vast majority positive. Yet still we're having uh, new laws introduced and new policies enacted that seem to go against all of the academic advice, all of the expert advice that's out there, uh, against community wishes um, for the most part as well, from the community that uh, is actually going to be affected. I I think I find it... um, I don't know what it, this this is something that uh, that gets me a little bit when you get people from an outside community making outrageous 
religious statements about something they don't really know about and don't understand well, but sort of know from, you know, watching uh, one of those terrible current affair type shows on television late at night, or not even that late at night in the evening. Um, and, and they think that they can throw that opinion into the into the fray and it's as equal as the people that are directly affected i don't know maybe i'm i mean that's how democracy works isn't it but anyway in the advertiser the adelaide advertiser right um not the herald sun in um oh here we go it was originally published in the herald sun that's what happens with syndication (laughs) um there was an article that actually uh highlighted one of the one of the submissions made to the victorian drugs inquiry um and the submission was from a young anonymous man who uh they him and his friends thought they were taking uh, mdma on new year's eve uh at the end of last year um and uh, there was a number of quotes in the uh, submission, but he said, the next few hours could be considered an intricate form of torture. Uh, the problem was that the uh, substance was not what they expected, and his whole calling in the submission was for uh, testing to be available, uh, that this would not have been the torturous type evening uh, that it was if they had have had uh, appropriate policies available to them. He said, jaws were everywhere, bodies were tired, brains were rotted, lungs were slowly turned black, and the conversation moved incoherently but remained vaguely angry at the fact we had found ourselves in this position. Um, Now, I I realise as well, reading some of these submissions without the context of this is actually a pro-drug law reform submission, um, is that most people, when they when they take a substance, are not expecting that kind of evening. In fact, that's not the reason why people are doing it. They're not just doing it because they're uh, hedonistic, you know, uh, pain seekers. They're just trying to hedonistic pain seekers. Is that an oxymoron? It might be, but that's the you know basically all of the drug, drug policy is a bit of an oxymoron. Um, uh, and people aren't expecting an evening like that. So he's trying to make the call for uh, not. Uh, putting people in those situations where they might be uh, put in even more harm's way. It's the danger of politics, having your words taken out of context, I think. A little bit of news from the medical cannabis world here in Australia. Um, Jenny Hallam, a producer of cannabis oils in South Australia, has finally been charged with the criminal offence. What was the specific charges? Something along the lines of producing... uh, Cannabis oil for supply, manufacturing a controlled drug um, and possession were the charges which carry a potential jail term of at least 10 years. Um, now, she's been out there doing some media amongst, you know, the ABC and other publications, um, you know, kind of calling for the government to step in like she doesn't. She's upset that she can't help people. And, you know, for myself, like I, I don't supply anyone with drugs. I, I made that decision quite a long time ago to be an activist rather than a supplier. Um, you know, it's a difficult thing to do both and dangerous for the ac- uh, activism. But I get I, the medical cannabis one really, like I really struggle with that when people are like, well, my mum's sick or, or my friend has this. And, and it's a condition that there's a lot of evidence to support the use of medical cannabis. Mm. That one really tears me up. I can understand why people would just be flouting the law you know that's what the uh, compassionate uh, cannabis community are all about and there's a a number of uh, activists working all across australia who are growing uh, cannabis uh, what would be considered under the law to be uh, sometimes commercial quantities um, which implies a commercial value yet uh, most of the time these people are uh, giving it away for free or just trying to cover some basic costs so that they can continue doing what they're doing so they're not profiteering off it. They're not trying to make big money. They're trying to help people with um, a plant that they believe helps. 
So in some, um, oh, actually, before we move on, there, there is a public event. Um, we'll, we'll get the link up on the Encyclopedia page. I think it's May the 11th or something. It's a, it's a public action to support Janie in her, in her um, court case. Uh, so that's, that's coming up soon. There was another article in BuzzFeed about um, the poster children for medical cannabis. When we saw the issue take off in Australia around 2014-15, there were a range of people that came forward with sick children in particular. Um, and, and that was one of the things that really shifted the, the conversation was parents coming in and going, well, I've got a child that has, that has severe epilepsy and we've been finding medical cannabis works really well and takes them off, you know, between four and 12 different medications with a range of side effects that then require more medications to control the side effects. Those children, the poster childs of cannabis, still can't get access. And this is why we're seeing people like Jenny Hallam stepping in to um, f fulfill that demand. There's, there's, there's children, you know, such as Karen Edwards' young daughter, Bethany, who, who appeared on television with Mike Baird, you know, as, as one of the, you know, and, and premiere at the time, Mike Baird was like, yep, we've got to look after these sick kids. Well, those sick kids are still sick and like you're raiding the people that are supplying them the medicine while not providing access yourself. And so that's the situation is it a case, right across Australia right now. Is it a case of over-bureaucratisation of, the, um, of, the, of the, the sort I, of legal canna medical cannabis regime? I, I think that's, that's certainly part of it. Um, th there is a system, you know, it's been legalised federally here, which is, which is interesting. Not all jurisdictions have done that. And we've actually f set up a national infrastructure for research, but... I think there's this this extreme caution within like a lot of government and bureaucracy tied to that government to to really be afraid of what might go wrong mm -hmm. rather than rather than concentrating on what might go right and that's where sick people will get a therapeutic agent which helps their their health and well-being. And I think this is the this the story of the uh, drug war overall really that the focus is always on what could go wrong. Um never on the positives or benefits or anything like that. I mean, if we if we were to talk about, um, uh, say, an, another activity, let's say contact sports, a pretty popular thing. Uh, most uh, youngins are uh, uh, engaging in contact sports on a Saturday morning. I'm not I'm not trying to make a youngins should be taking drugs thing here, so don't, please don't take it that way. But uh, contact sports lead to a number of injuries, including um, the sorts of injuries that people have to deal with for the rest of their lives. That's the nature of the game. But when we talk about it, Usually we'll be pointing out, oh, well, well it's pro-social, they're building a community, exactly. you know, it's it, they're getting fit, they're getting outside. We look at all these positives. We don't go, oh, you know, uh, they're going to be breaking bones, they're going to have hospital bills ongoing, there might be a bit of bullying on the field. What if they get into gambling, football and gambling or, you know... Why? Yeah. Why? And, and we actually see a lot of uh, federal grant money going towards the the sporting because of those pro social reasons. Mm. Um, so it's it's very yeah it's a very strange world. It is a strange world. We're trying to unpick it a little bit, uh, bit by bit. Um, and another another group that are uh, doing an excellent job at unpicking some of these uh, mainstream media narrative uh, narratives is AOD Media Watch. AODmediawatch.com.au is the website. Uh, you might have seen um, in the past couple of weeks a uh, record drug seizure 
um, where the uh, federal police, I believe it was, were um, uh, uh, bragging, is bragging the right word, about their nearly $1 billion, or apparently nearly $1 billion um, ice hall that they, they found. Uh, so the, this this was the story that went out there, um, and these seizure stories we're calling them seizure propaganda um, now because that's exactly what they are. The idea of the story is to show you that uh, all this money that we're spending, something like seventy five percent of the pie that goes to um, uh, dealing with drug issues, all uh, seventy about seventy five percent of that money goes towards policing. So you know we need to see something for all this uh, money. So you know nine hundred something million dollars um, worth of ice sounds great, right? Well, when you start to unpick it a little bit, which aodmediawatch.com.au have, um, they found that the police to uh, price the ice um, have taken the absolute, um, basically the the highest um, average price for the smallest possible quantity that could be potentially sold. That's not how these um, how, how these things are valued by the end that they were um, getting it from. So it's probably only about half of that. So about four hundred and fifty million, still pretty significant. Um, but they were also pointing out that uh, every time that uh, these seizures happen, we don't see a um, reduction in drug related harm. The thing, sort of things that we do see are sometimes the market shifts, so people might uh, not be able to access. Uh, crystal methamphetamine because perhaps the supply has dipped it there in their area. So do they go, ah, well, that's the clean life for me, no more drugs? Or do they choose something else, whatever's accessible? Um, perhaps something like uh, one of the novel psychoactive substances with even less known about it that uh, might be available because it's more difficult to detect. Or um, from what I understand, crystal methamphetamine is not particularly difficult to uh to manufacture you, you locally, can, you can produce it. Um, there's 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 a method called shake and bake. You can essentially produce it in the boot of a car. It's it's really quite simple um, to produce. Well, I guess that would probably end up being quite low quality methamphetamine. But yeah, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, one of the ways that that it that it's done. It's it's a lot easier than a lot of other drugs to manufacture. Well, we see the um we see the fantastic efforts, and I say that with um absolute sarcasm, um of uh what policing can or where policing can lead a drug market, um in Russia with the drug crocodile, or as it's, it's colloquially known as crocodile, I think it's um, desomorphine. Desomorphine, desomorphine, yeah. which is a uh, uh, it's a it's an opiate, but it's also drug. severely adulterated desomorphine exactly. because of the way that it's manufactured um, in Russia. Because Russia is very tough on drugs, um, which means they've got almost like concentration camp type things for drug addicts, and I put that in sort of and one know. of the highest HIV rates in injecting drug users in the world. Uh, but it hasn't stopped people from seeking out opiate. So what they figured out is how to make essentially a shake and bake style um, uh, opiate, but it's this it's this particularly nasty thing, and the, the nastiness tends to come from the uh, the additives and the leftovers in there. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, if you want to really gross yourself out, perhaps not do it today because it is uh, Zombie Jesus Day. Um, you, people people kind of rot away. Um, their skin, I don't know, there's something, it, it's probably a solvent, so it's uh, probably yeah, like a petrol solvent I did, or something. That's right, that's yeah. when I looked into it, it was something <laughs> like that. Just just before we do move on, just on the policing issue, that there's been some interesting reporting over the last 12 months from the head of law enforcement against prohibition in the UK, Neil Woods, and um, in one of the articles he spoke about the effect, this was a guy who helped establish some of the undercover policing that that's done in the drug war, you know, like he went undercover as a as a drug user and, you know, kind of hung out on the street and got to know people to, to break 
break through these uh, rings of, of uh, drug dealing networks. And he calculated for all of the 10,000 hours, I think it was, of, or maybe it was 1,000 hours, uh, 1,000 years, sorry, of incarceration that he'd put people away for. He estimated that he'd interrupted the drug supply by a total of 10 hours. <laughs> so I think people overplay these these um, these busts and, and the effect that they actually have on the drug market. Usually it's it's just a wobble and then somebody else will kind of figure out how to get in there and, and meet the supply. Mm. And this is why we need to maybe turn it around and send about 75% into um, things that work, like harm reduction, like honest education, not uh, not this sort of abstinence-only propaganda. I mean, sure, the, the best way to avoid a harm related with drugs is not to take drugs. Uh, the best way to avoid a harm associated with driving a car is not to get in a car. The best way to avoid... <laughs> you get the idea. Not doing something does completely, uh, you know, cut out the ability for that thing to harm you, but it also means you're not doing that thing and you might want to do that thing. So we need to talk to the people that actually do want to do those things in an honest way. Uh, from the UK now, uh, Professor David Nutt, um, who is uh, head of the uh, International... No, what does he call it? The No, look, I can't remember it off the top of my head. He was the former... Um, essentially drug czar of the UK um, before he was fired uh, from his position uh, and a number of people um, also left uh, that organisation in protest uh, because um, he said that, uh, well, he told them the truth. He told them that uh, I think ecstasy is uh, less um, harmful than alcohol and and they didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, David Nutt this week, um, he was campaigning uh, along with a number of other um, academics against uh, the UK introducing a psychoactive substances ban, which is something that the Victorian government is now uh, contemplating... Um, uh, adding to its uh, Drugs, Poisons and Controlled Substances Act. Um, so the psychoactive substances ban in the UK has been going for about six months and David Nutt writes for The New Statesman, the spice epidemic shows why we should legalise herbal, herbal cannabis. Um, so what has happened is the uh, the cut down, uh, the crackdown, or so-called crackdown with the Psychoactive Substances Act, hasn't actually caused... Um, uh, caused huge positive um, changes in the in the drug using um, community. Uh, they have seen other kinds of um, synthetic cannabinoids pushed out there. Um, some of them are uh, quite harmful, some of them not so much. Um, but the point that uh, David is making is that uh, people are going for these things because they want cannabis and can't get cannabis, a drug that we know a lot about. Um, and uh, has relative uh, safety in comparison to some of the um, unknown research chems uh, that are out there. That's newstatesman.com, and it's the spice epidemic shows why we should legalise herbal cannabis from David Nutt. Uh, quick uh, zip around North America for some news there. Um, Bill Clinton has attended a uh, conference as part of some Clinton Foundation initiative thing in Little Rock, Arkansas, back in the state that he was formerly governor of, to talk about the opioid ep epidemic affecting North America right now. And um, essentially, he's kind of expressed regret for the way that um, the the sentencing craze in the 1980s um, happened. Uh, it's a direct quote um, from thefix.com. This whole sentencing craze that got going in the 80s was way overdone. We've just got to provide a safer, healthier, better way forward. Um, and, and it's not the first time I've heard Bill Clinton talk about um, 
regret about the the mandatory minimum sentencing and all of the sentencing reforms that that were essentially a harsh law and order uh, response in the in the 80s um, so you know hopefully that's turning around a little bit but not if the governor of New Mexico has anything to say about it the governor of New Mexico has vetoed a uh, law to um, it was essentially crafted as a response to the opioid epidemic. So it had some measures in there to, to provide uh, services and things to help prevent overdose. And the governor has vetoed it, which is something that they can do in some states in the US. Um, it was described by um, people from the, the Drug Policy Alliance, the, the large drug policy organization in the US, as a really cruel-hearted measure. Um, and one more quick one from Canada. Um, Mark Emery uh, and oh, what's his partner's name again? Um, J- Jody Emery, who are activists that run um, cannabis culture in the US, uh, which uh, has like a magazine and a bunch of stores. They have a bunch of dispensaries. They have been arrested. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, there's been a bunch of raids at cannabis culture pot shops in the US. One of my mates um, narrowly avoided being caught up in that. He was thinking about taking a job at one of them. Um, Yeah, so that's happened uh, through Toronto. And they've been charged with conspiracy to commit an indictable offence, three counts of trafficking, five counts of possession, five counts of possession of proceeds of crime, and failed to comply uh, recognizance. I don't know what that means. Maybe that means they're not sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so they've been like really one of the leading drivers of the cannabis reform movement Mm. in Canada. And so it's a a bit of an interesting mix there because just on Friday, uh, legislation was table to to bring in the legalization of cannabis so i think the government uh, are kind of playing a two-handed approach there they're like we're legalizing it but not for you bastards we're coming (laughs) after you bastards it's because that lot and and we did actually catch up with uh, miss guidance from the nimbin hemp embassy who told us a little bit that was last week in last week's show um who talked to us a little bit about um mark and and some of the work that he's been doing um over there and something something about the um canadian law i think they've got a um bill of rights um in, in Canada that makes it more difficult to prosecute on cannabis cases or something. So I think that was where he was doing it, but um, in the eyes of the law, it was pretty uh, clearly flaunting it a little bit. Um, this one from thebigsmoke.com.au. Time to decriminalise and regulate and tax drugs. Um, New South Wales Greens MLC Dr. Marine Faraqui um, told Sydney cr- criminal lawyers that an independent drug regulatory authority ca- uh, should and can be established and that this body would develop evidence-based and continuously evaluated policies and programs for safer drug use. Um, and she goes on to talk uh, a little bit about uh, what that what that sort of thing could look like. It sounds very sensible. Um, Dr. Faraqui um, did uh, attend the US, uh, so she's a New South Wales MLC. Um, she did go over to the US um, about halfway through last year for a bit of a fact-finding mission to see um, how the legal cannabis markets are working there. Uh, she says one in five... Uh, Americans now live in states where the adult use of cannabis is legal or in the process of legalization, um, that and it's likely to be legalized in Canada by next year. It's still going to take a little while for um, for the Canadian bill to get through Parliament. Uh, the world is changing, and Australia needs to as well. Uh, so that's that's something we're hopeful to see. And this is I've, I've seen a few proposals um, from some people who are really thinking about this from a um, uh, 
you know, how the policies would be structured and, and people looking at the Therapeutic Goods Administration, the TGA, um, and looking to um, maybe extend the schedules so that there are schedules um, appropriate for um, recreational use because at the moment it's all um, pharmaceutical, um, veterinarian, uh, volatile chems and um, prohibited um, substances. So there's, there's no no other room in there. Alcohol and tobacco are nowhere to be found, although you'll find nicotine three times <laughs> in different schedules. Um, yeah, so that's that's from the bigsmoke.com.au. How are we going for time, Nick? Have we uh, got time to cover some uh, vaping news? Yeah, let's yeah let's do some vaping. Uh, there's vaping been news. um there's been a bit around vaping over the last uh, few weeks after the TGA rejected a proposal from the New Nicotine Alliance to um, reschedule nicotine and allow its importation for um, people to use it in e-cigarettes. It's currently illegal without a prescription in all states. Um, so there's been a little bit of news. The Triple J's hack program did a uh, a, a bit on it, um, talking about the the tobacco company Philip Morris International, which are promoting alternatives to tobacco as the future direction of their company. Um, British Tobacco, I think, is the name of the company, the large uh, British tobacco British company. American tobacco. British American tobacco. The, those two tobacco uh, companies are essentially competing for the the new market in vaping and um, kind of promoting that as an alternative. So there's been a little bit of reporting about that and um, essentially where Australia sits in that, like whether whether big tobacco were trying to trying to kind of swindle us and uh, pull a pull a uh, sh- pull a shifty on us and and you know sneak in another product and uh, like I, I kind of um, I. I took my time with this one and didn't know where to sit on the vaping issue for quite some time and kind of looked into it and and read some stuff and like it it is it is a really difficult spot to be in when you sit there and you look at it and you think well uh, going by the evidence it does look like some of these tobacco companies are closer to a public health response than the public health bodies which are um sort of Taking that, we were talking about it just before in the program. That that um, no, but I think it's that overly cautious response, and that's what happens in medicine. It's probably it's probably a little bit more understandable in medicine than than some other public policy because. There's actually something you might be more familiar with this. Um, sorry, I've just interrupted, but the precautionary principle, That's right. I think, um, applies yep. a lot. And, and it comes from um, environment, uh, environmental Yeah, I studied activism. environmental science. The precautionary principle is, um, well, I, I think this is a misuse of the precautionary principle because you still have to make an assessment based on the evidence that you have at the time. And the evidence we have at the time is that it's very, very, very unlikely that there's we would have to discover something fundamentally new about science for vaping to be more harmful than smoking combustible tobacco. Mm. It's it's very implausible. It's possible that there are some harms there that we haven't yet detected. Um, but the scientific inquiry that we do now is is a lot uh, it's it's a lot more sophisticated than what we could do thirty forty years ago. And um, the the precautionary principle in this in this situation I don't think applies because we're talking about a situation where two thirds of lifetime smokers are going to die from smoking. That's that's where we sit right now. We're talking about an epidemic of harm. Uh, there's over a million smokers in Australia, and you know the um, Public Health England and the the Royal College of Physicians in the UK, two very respectable organisations, have have estimated that the harm 
maybe as much as 95% lower in um, vaping and e-cigarette products. So we're talking about a potential to reduce the rates of cancer and um, lung disease and heart disease probably more than any other public health measure could do right now. And so the precautionary principle, I, to be honest, when it comes to this, misused. I think it's bullshit yeah. to, to, to um, bring in the precautionary principle. Yeah, you have these... Um, it's the abstinence-only approach exactly. to, to public health policy. So you either keep smoking and die from it, or you abstain forever. There's no middle ground. Or you go. I mean, sorry. The uh, the the abstinence can can be done through doctors and nicotine replacement therapy, yeah. uh, which is then put forward as a medicine. I think um, one of the arguments is that um, a number of people that take up vaping continue to smoke on the side, and so there's mm. an argument about like how effective is it if you don't completely give up tobacco, and obviously. You know, if you don't give up combustible tobacco, then it's not reducing the harms from from yeah. that. You're still going to be exposed to them. But you know, essentially, it's good to see more reporting on this issue. There's a really vocal advocacy group that are working mm. really hard, and um, number to, of them to be now, honest, actually. it's an issue that I've become a lot more passionate about since we've been doing the show. Mm. Once I've understood the the issue a lot better. And the potential for reduced harm, I mean, we could be talking about hundreds of thousands of lives that, yep. that could be saved or extended through through this policy measure. So it's it's one of the craziest things in the, in the in the space of public health. For any more information on anything that you have heard today, facebook.com forward slash Encyclopedia. Uh, find us on social media. We're also on Twitter. Um, and you're more than welcome to email us as well. This evening, if you are looking for some music uh, to go and enjoy, some lovely music, Clancy Milne is, uh, and the, um, oh, geez, and the jazz band that she has. It's, she's, Clancy Milne is playing at uh, Open Studio, 204 High Street in Northcote, uh, starting at 7.30, and I think uh, tickets on the door were about $10. This is Clancy Milne with the River Song with Paper Flowers on in Psychedelia on 3CR. I'm going to the river to unwind And my voice is hoarse and my mind is tired I'm going to the river to
Clancy Milne with the River Song with Paper Flowers, uh, performing tonight at Open Studio 204 High Street in Northcote uh, from about 7.30, and I think it's 10 bucks on the door. Uh, now, quickly, last week we ran a competition. We, we ca- uh, caught up with um, one of the comedians uh, performing at Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Anthony Jeannot. Uh, he's uh, doing Just Like Buddha. Uh, there was a competition that we ran on the Encyclopedia uh, website for the past week, and we do have uh, some winners now. Uh, so I will be emailing these winners after the show, uh, but if your name is one of these, then congratulations. You've got a double pass to go and see Just Like Buddha, Anthony Jeannot at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Um, and he's performing for the next uh, week and a couple of days. Uh, Chris Mac, uh, McAtomney, uh, Rosanna Tosso, uh, Natasha Buzik, uh, Sher Haining, and Sean Miller. Congratulations, you have all won double passes uh, to go and see Anthony Jeannot this weekend. This weekend. Uh, hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name's Paul. This is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great and really healthy and nutritious. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. Gotta remember, Nanop's a special day for us, fellas. That's a reminder who we are. Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3CR Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars, Australia's only live prison broadcast. I am a black, black man. NAIDOC means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present. NAIDOC means a lot to me for my family and my people. And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcasts via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcasts. Happy Nadoff! City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. This is in Psychedelia where we're uh, talking um, about some drug issues. And recently we um, we got a, uh, well, look, uh, one of our listeners slash readers slash social media followers um, has sent through a uh, anonymous blog on some uh, underground pill testing that they'd been conducting. And Ash, you've had a, had a look through as well, yep. um, through the data. It's on Psychedelia.org. Um, what have you seen in it? Well, you know, it's, um, I mean, I think this is the kind of thing that we're going to see more of until there's some policy action, like people kind of taking things into their own hands. There was a, um, there was a, a, a segment on SBS's The Feed on uh, Friday night that covered pill testing and Dr. Caldercott mentioned on that, that the sale of 
uh, do-it-yourself testing kits has gone up a thousand percent in Ooh. Australia. Um, you know, and that's I think that's encouraging, but it's also uh, it's also there's risks with people kind of doing that kind of home testing if the, if they don't know what they're doing and if they um, if they make assumptions about what those kinds of tests can can tell you. So. Um, yeah, I guess part one of this blog kind of delves into the the justification of um, why they kind of um, why this person's gone out to to a couple of festivals with some kits, uh, you know, for similar reasons to why the police have brought sniffer dogs to <laughs> Chapel Street. Mm, both similar, but both parties were. Yeah, the water. that's right. <laughs> one one party is concerned about public health and and trying to follow like evidence based practice on on how to reduce harms and the other one is well you know it's like that old saying it's like if if um you know if, if your only measure that you've got available is a hammer it's pretty easy to see everything as a nail and that looks like mm. the victorian police response right now so um hang on let me let me have a look through this uh through this blog piece so we should have part two uh, up soon. I've received it just going through and a bit of editing. Um, but the, the first part was basically just talking about um, why uh, this person went out and, and did this and why they thought it was necessary to do. And I think more more people are doing that now, not just for themselves, but going out and uh, helping to test um, other people's drugs as well. Yeah. So And, and it's a bit interesting, um, you know, kind of compared to some of the other reporting on stuff where, um, you know, the media's reported on it. This is somebody from the community, somebody from the kind of party scene that's that's sitting there and um, kind of going, well, this is this is happening in my community. And, you know, th- these are the people that I care about. And I'm here. And, um, you know, essentially, like part of it is like, guys, like you're not here. Like, you, you know, all these people that are like, speaking out against pill testing aren't the people that go to festivals and and take drugs like i don't think you would find anybody you know in the festival scene against it uh so yeah that you know kind of talks about um the incident in chapel street and and um you know the background kind of information so what this person has done is has got a uh set of four reagents um mandolin marquee mech and simmons and headed off to um what they've determined as festival a oh, yeah. um yeah <laughs> i guess like um a, with all the best party djs <laughs> festival a well i don't know there was also festival b so you know let's not let's not pick favorites um yeah, yeah, a is always the top one but and i think the- as well like there's there's you know the the reason that um it's been published anonymously uh, is is stated down the bottom of the piece and that's due to concerns that acknowledging the work publicly might have consequences for the person who did the work for those who helped or supported it and you know and same with the festivals it's like it can it can make it seem like um this particular festival a or festival b has some kind of drug culture that's unique which just you know you know isn't the case Mm. um so the the data that we've had a quick look at from part two which isn't published yet um uh, states that um, something like over 100 uh, individual tests were done at Festival A and uh, maybe just under 50 at Festival B. And predominantly they found that people's drugs were mostly what they thought they were as far as the tests could tell. And if they weren't, um, pretty much every person decided to discard them. 
And, and that was the reason why they've done this testing and collected data on it as like a proof of concept that, that it works even with limited tools and, you know, novice kind of, uh, uh, operators, you can still have a, a positive effect on um, people's drug-taking behaviour and reduce risk. Uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, upcoming events this week in a moment, and uh, we, we're still waiting on Mark Oshka, but uh, Dominic, who is uh, also performing at the at the same venue, uh, Dominic, here you have a microphone. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Um You're also performing at the at the you same venue. Certainly are. Yep, we're going to play play a song and we'll have a have a have a chat and a tick. Um, maybe Mark will turn up <laughs> in that time, um, but we will see. Uh, this is uh, Kaya Project 100 Lights, and it's a Grouch in Dub remix on 3CR Community Radio.
Azakaya Project 100 Lights. It's Grouch in dub uh, remix of the Kaya Project. Uh, this is 3CR in Psychedelia, and right now uh, in the studio we have a couple of comedians who are performing. Look, not officially for the Melbourne International Comedy Fest, we fi- found out. That's correct, right? But you know, uh, it's officially for the Melbourne International Comedy. I think so. It's approved. It's got the Comedy Festival oh, label right. on the side, but it's it's a sort of a sub festival within the festival run by a gentleman by the name of Kieran Butler out at Station 59 Pub in Richmond. Yep. And it's called Free Comedy, and he puts on a whole bunch of acts. We all have about uh, 35-minute sets each, 30 minutes, and it's free comedy, but they give you a bucket at the end, and you pay what you want and oh, what nice. you think the yeah. show's worth, and we've been raking in a lot So you're, you're hearing from uh, Dominic right now. Dominic, what's uh, what's the, the, the plot of your show? What are you I talking about? I've got no about? plot, but it's called Secrets <laughs> of the Illuminati. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you unveil them all? All the, the goat rituals. We, we and... start to dwell a little bit into the lizard people, yep. but um, I know. It's good Can you to... tell us a bit about them? Because I'm, I'm, I think I've got some of that DNA after watching documentaries about those people and mm. the New World Order. So I think that's what got me fascinated about them. Did you do yeah. a, one of those DNA tests that came back Illuminati? No, but both my aunties got schizophrenia, so... So schizophrenia is part of the uh, Illuminati? Well, I think it's a bit snake-like, isn't it? Because you're not all there. Right. And they're sort of lizard people. Right, okay. All right, well... Like, um, they're good liars. <laughs> they're good liars, schizophrenics. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose you've got two um, Well, she bankrupted arms, the family so on one side, so... Yeah. She, she bankrupted... <laughs> yeah, she was sending off money to one of those online scams, and oh, yeah. she lied about it for many years. <laughs> so much like the Illuminati does, probably with a lot of things. Mm. So, so they're up to I don't know if there's things. actually a cause and effect here or actually any relationship, but it seems to be like that for me, so... So you're unveiling the secrets of the Illuminati. Um, I mean, there's probably a lot to unveil. I suppose there's that, that's pretty. Well, much it's a the... worldwide conspiracy. Yeah. So and and a lot to dwell in multi generational sort of conspiracy as well. We're we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Well, the Rothschilds a popular one that everybody gets angry at, but I don't touch on that one because it's too popular. Too popular. So yeah. it's not really a secret anymore. Uh, also in the studio we have Miles. Miles, how you doing? Hey man, good man. So you're also uh, performing? Yeah, and I'd also like to say that. My auntie had schizophrenia as well. You guys, you guys have got and a lot of schizophrenic aunties. She, um, she, 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 yeah, she was pretty funny, you know. Like she had some, a few jokes. Um, everyone says that I'm like the spitting image of her. You are a beautiful young and, lady. And um, she was very masculine, see, yeah. and tall, and schizo. with big lips. Yeah, she had. Uh, and she smelled nice, and she had jokes, and she got kicked out of the casino. Which is much recently? like what happens with you. Yeah. And I used to live across from the casino, and I, and uh, can we talk about drugs on air? Uh, gonna... Yeah, look, we can. Yeah. Okay, all right. I don't know. We're not encouraging you to take drugs if you're listening at home. You, you can make that decision for yourself. But Yeah, well, you, could, uh, you, could, you could take those vaporizer pens full of weed to the casino, and you could just stick them in your sleeve and then just blow it into your jacket. Sneaky. That's sneaky, like but you get James away with Bond. it. I've seen people do it. Mm. Yeah, very, it's very becoming sneaky. more common. That's I, ha- how... I have a feeling that's not the only drug that's being... That's how I met Dom. Actually, I was inside at a comedy gig and I saw a huge plume of smoke rising up from somebody in the crowd and I looked over and Dom was doing that little vape trick and I was like, hey, what's going on, man? Give me some of that vape. But he had a dubious expression on his look, like, what the fuck's going on here? And I kind of, the two, oh, why is this large standover man coming at me? 
demanding things of me. You weren't aware of the <laughs> clouds of smoke. Did, did you think he was a narc, maybe? <laughs> he doesn't have enough of a narc look, but he's no. got those dead eyes that, you know, you can Cold. tell someone's going to want something out of you. And then, uh, it's a bit, but it's unfortunate Mark couldn't be here today because there's another bloke performing called Mark Oshka who's both a mate of ours and he's a very, very funny man. And he's got a show called A Vague Rant beforehand. And we've been doing different sets each night, him and I. That's why I couldn't really give you a theme about the show because we're just going up there. And But it's been going well and a lot of people have been saying um, you know, it's better than some of the stuff they've been seeing. And we've been getting big audiences each night. And you performing tonight? I'm performing tonight. Uh, so Mark starts at 7 o'clock. Then we have a uh, gentleman called Gavin Lynn. And he's at... No, uh, sorry, Mark's at 7.45. Then we have a gentleman, Gavin Lynn. But the comedy tonight will start at 5 o'clock and there'll be oh, great wow. guys on before the whole time. And that's at uh, 59 Church Street in Richmond. Uh, the venue is Station 59. Uh, we're just about out of time and we've got a few events um, I want to go through quickly. Guys, thanks for coming in. If you do want some comedy tonight, it is free as well. Cheap drinks or anything like that? Ah, uh, yeah, cheap drinks. Cheap drinks. Best that's always always a bonus. And and it's Easter Sunday. You've got tomorrow off as well. So uh, get along to some uh, comedy there. A couple of events coming up. Uh, this Wednesday is Bicycle Day, the uh, celebration of the discovery of the psychedelic effects of LSD by Albert Hoffman in 1943. Oh! Uh, Bicycle Day uh, this year being celebrated at the Hope Street Warehouse with the screening of the Sunshine Makers a documentary on... Um, two men who were producing uh, pretty much all of the LSD for the uh, for America um, in the late 1960s. Uh, Tim Scully and Nick Sands might have got that around the wrong way. Um, that's going to be screened at Hope Street Warehouse. Uh, look for the Australian Psychedelic Society for more information about that. Uh, 420 is the day after, or 24, depending on which way you want to uh, do it round. Um, there will be a rally uh, with the free cannabis community in uh, Flagstaff Gardens uh, starting at... Uh, usually they start at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock yeah. at 2.30. Yeah. And um, obviously um, culminating in the uh, event uh, at uh, 4.20. And just a reminder that the events um, are still encouraging people to be cannabis-free or at the very least discreet. The police have been pretty good to the community. Be discreet. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a request a that the community be respectful <laughs> back to the police. So don't rip bongs right in front of the police. They will come and arrest you. Uh, also kicking well, off Miles this week, will get you. <laughs> with those big dead eyes. Um, also kicking off this week uh, in Oakland, in California, is the uh, Psychedelic Science Conference. A huge gathering of uh, international experts. A um, couple of the um, people from the Australian Psychedelic Society are there representing um, Australia's psychedelic community. Um, also, um, people from Psychedelic Research and Science and Medicine, Martin Williams, um, will be there as well. Uh, he tells me he's also going to learn to fly or something. Anyway. Enjoy the rest of your Easter Sunday. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, find us on 3cr.org.au. See you later. Peace be This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website. 3cr.org.au and head to the Encyclopedia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Encyclopedia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, DirectLine provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236.
In Psychedelia, we'll be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. You've been listening to a 3CR community radio podcast of Encyclopedia. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.